this week, Carabooners. Hello and welcome to Roman Emperor's Totalis Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all of the emperors from Augustus to Constantine Eleven, and this is episode 98. Heraclonus. Oh yeah, brother, uh, stepbrother of half brother, half brother. Yeah, of the last emperor that we did. Yes, whose name is Constantine Three B. Yes, well done, you remembered. Oh yeah. So, any better than his half brother? Do you think? Well, he's technically unopposed now, I guess. But yeah. you've also got the army protecting Her- Heraclius, the son of Constantine Three B. Yes, that could be a problem. That could be a problem. But he's the survivor, so I think, you know, he could do quite well. We'll see. Right, okay. So, Heraclonus, born at some point. Okay, so he was born. Well, we have a discrepancy here, interestingly. Some books I've read, including the ever-popular Norwich, places Heraclonus's birth to three years after Constantine III, making them about the same age as each other. But you said in the last episode... Yes, yes, I did. Oh, go back to your notes. Yeah, he was 15, yep. whilst Heraclius was 28. Yes. So it's a 13-year difference. Yeah. Um, despite this ageing of Heraclonus being the same age as Constantine, most books I've looked at, plus Wikipedia, that, to be fair to Wikipedia, is usually quite good with things like dates, place his birth as 626, giving him the much younger age. Okay. Like, I couldn't quite work out why there's a discrepancy in the dates. I think the earlier date comes from Theophanes, but I'm not certain if that's originally where that came from. But I admit, the fact that the story has Martina leading the way for her son, Martina's the one making all the decisions here, leads me to believe that Heraclonus was still a child. Yeah. When we get to the end of the story, I think you can make a decision whether these dates are correct, but I'm saying he's 15. Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. Let's just stick with that. Stick with that narrative. That's, well, that's the narrative I'm going to go for. And this is how history's done, guys. Yeah, but just know there is a discrepancy here. So this puts Heraclonus's birth when Heraclius was on campaign, the same year as the siege of Constantinople. Yeah, but that must have been a difficult birth. Well, he wouldn't have been in the siege because Heraclius was out on on campaign. Remember, mm. which uh, is fine because we know that Martina went with Heraclius at times, and we know that she was pregnant at yeah. least once during the war. Okay, yeah, the army had to stop for her to give birth at one point. Awkward in a battlefield. Yeah, yeah. So stop, stop, time out, time out. <laughs> Everyone just gets a bit freaked out by all the, the blood and the pain. Yeah. We didn't sign up the army for the blood and the pain. <laughs> anyway, Heraclonus would have grown up with his brothers and sisters. Remember, he had quite a few. He was the <laughs> eldest, but yeah. uh, he had quite a few brothers and sisters. Not all of them were... Not many survived. Problems. Yeah, there were definitely some problems. When he was little, he would have travelled with the army. Then after the war, he either spent his time in the capital or he travelled with his father as he tried to build up the eastern provinces again. Yeah. Remember, Heraclius had claimed Syria and Palestine back off the Persians and was trying to build it back up. Yeah. So it's likely that Heraclius was travelling around with his father at this time. Then, as we saw in the last episode, he was proclaimed co-emperor just before the death of his father when he would have been about 15. And this happened because Martina, working behind the scenes... Exactly, yes. ...trying to secure her own legacy and her own future. Yeah. Then the whole scene in the Hippodrome took place, where Martina made it very clear that she was going to be uh, taking over things for a while. And Constantine looked a bit shocked. 
and the 15-year-old Heraclonus would have noticed that the crowd were loudly cheering his half-brother and not him. Probably had his headphones in, so it doesn't matter too much. Probably. And then, not long afterwards, his half-brother died. Yeah. 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 And all of a sudden, he is the sole emperor of the Roman Empire. I probably love that. Probably. It's what, really? I'm emperor. Right now. Cool. Brilliant. <laughs> I hear that I declare that all women be nude. <laughs> As a 15-year-old, Heraclonus was considered a child still. Yeah. Uh, but not far off an adult. About 18 or 17? 16-ish, that yeah. sort of age. So, yeah, he's, he's on the cusp, but he's young enough for it to be seen that he definitely needs a regency. Yeah, OK. So, who do you think's going to volunteer to do the job? Oh, Martina. Yes, obviously, Martina seizes this chance. She made a move at becoming the regent. Now, we don't have any details, so whether this was a formal move to become the official regent, or whether she was just using her power of being the emperor's mother, we have no idea. Yeah. But she made some kind of power play. Now, what we do know is that things start going very badly, very quickly for them. Oh. Due to the hasty work of Constantine III, there was a growing Constantine III faction in court who were, by this point, convinced that Martina had killed their emperor. <gasps> yeah, so even if he had died of TB, Constantine's death is now being widely spread about as a, a murder. Yeah. So some form of uh, a move was made against Martina that's been lost to history, but we do know that she countered by exiling Big Phil. Remember Big, oh, Phil? Big Phil? Yeah, he's a yeah. friend of Constantine III. Yeah, he got exiled to Africa, so uh, he's gone now. She also rearranged the armies a little bit. She sent a lot of the guard off to Alexandria to help Cyrus defend the city. Yeah. And uh, she summoned the Thracian army to be near Constantinople. Changing of the guard. She wasn't she was a bit suspicious. The guard were a bit too fair enough. A bit too close to the old emperor. Yeah. However, it was just too little too late. By this point, the Constantine III faction had rallied around the eldest son of Constantine III, the ten-year-old Heraclius. Now, the thing about the Constantine III faction, the thing that really got the attention of Martina and the Patriarch, remember, the Patriarch's on her side, is that um, the Constantine III faction had pretty much all of the pointy things. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And not only that had all of the uh, the people of the city behind them as well. Martina was not liked. So, bowing to popular pressure and attempting to appease the people, Martina held a ceremony in the Hagia Sophia where little Heraclius, son of Constantine III, was crowned co-emperor. Ooh, that's quite a savvy move, actually. Yeah. The little ten-year-old, I can control the ten-year-old, and this will shut the opposing faction up. That was her thoughts. So, little Heraclius's name was changed to Constantine <laughs> after his father. So and now is he also now is he Constantine three C? Or is he Constantine four? Neither. He's oh. Constans two. What the hell? Yeah, naming just goes Romans. out the window at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's known to history as Constans two, but he would have been known as Constantine at the time because his name was Heraclius. So, but at the time, would it be <laughs> Constantine? Four. They just didn't number. They weren't concerned about that. It oh, was true, just yeah. the Emperor yeah, Constantine. True. Yeah, so um, we will refer to him as Constans II from now on. Okay. And yes, this is the Constans II whose picture you've already seen. Big Beard. Big Beard. Oh. He is also known as Constans 
the bearded. That's brilliant name. Yeah. So um, he's going to score well. Oh, he is. So little Constance too is crowned in the Hagia Sophia. However, if the idea was this would ease tensions, uh, it just doesn't work. Because <laughs> you've still got two emperors both leading to separate factions. Yeah. Both of them technically still children. So there's obviously a lot of political wrangling going on in the background that we just are no longer privy to. And these kids just don't care. <laughs> Quite likely. They probably even play with each other. Well, there was only five years difference. Then again, five years is a lot at that age. That's true. 15-year-olds not going to play with a 10-year-old, are they? That's true. So as you can imagine, both factions start accusing the other faction of trying to gain sole control of the empire. Yeah. The Constance II faction claimed that Martina's faction was trying to arrest the leader of the army and even tampered with the crowning ceremony in an attempt to perhaps later claim that the whole thing was void. How do you tamper with it? Like fake crown? I don't know. I couldn't find any details. Maybe maybe the crown was put on backwards. Triple the procession. Was walking yeah. past like, stick your leg out. Yes, exactly. See the, the vessel versions fall over and plant their faces. I guess there were no vessel versions. Nuns. I was, I was about to say. The nuns. They just drag some vestal versions out from, from somewhere. Maybe yeah. that's how it was tampered with. Oh, trying to make it all, uh, yeah. all, all pagan-like. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Hail's use! <laughs> Lots of confused people in Hagia Sophia. Who? They all look around really confused. One of them happens to look up. Is that a crack in the dome? <laughs> <laughs> the lady blush, brushing like plaster off her hair. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, a lot, a lot of political unrest that unfortunately has been lost to history, but we, we know things weren't happy for a while. It did not help that Martina was unable to find enough funds to match the donative that Constantine had given to the army, because obviously he'd taken her coup fund. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it wasn't long before the inevitable happens. Civil War. A coup against Martina was attempted. Oh, okay. Again, no details, but we know the outcome. The patriarch, the Martina supporting patriarch, was stripped of his title. I'm just hoping you say stripped. Possibly both. Yeah. Yeah. Martina had her tongue cut out. Oh, that's not nice. No. And poor Heraclonus, aged 15 and probably had very little to do with any of this, had his nose cut off. Oh. Yes. As I said last time in Heraclitus' yeah. episode, we start seeing this more and more. The nose cutting off was a symbol he could no longer come to power again. He knows nothing. Yes, exactly. That's what they said. After. Yeah. And everyone laughed, including Heraclonus. It was like the end of a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Freeze frame. Yeah. And oh. director shouts, Kurt, and Heraclonus crumples to the floor, clutching his face. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, imagine the mess when he had a cold. Oh, Yeah. Anyway, Heraclonus and Martina were exiled to Rhodes and were never heard of again. Oh, really? Yeah, it's very likely, however, that Heraclonus was dead within the year. If he'd survived longer, we probably would have heard of him again. probably. So, um, yeah, he probably died very shortly afterwards. That's Heraclonus. Well, that's just terrible. (laughs) I I know he was a kid. I feel bad for bashing a kid who's just brutally tortured and disfigured then thrown away and we know nothing about him but a terrible emperor it's not going down as one of the best is it let's rate him well he did nothing technically he would have been on tour at some point if he was born on campaign being born on campaign is quite impressive but i don't think you can get fightius maximus points mom should get points for that yes (laughs) zero zero approvium crazy 
No. Zero. Success ultimate. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Image of Okay, here we go again. Same coin. He is uh, the guy on the left, probably. Uh, he's got sort of floppy hair. He's got hair like you, actually. He's got longer hair than his brother. It does make him cooler. Yeah, obviously. He's going through his rebellious 15-year-old phase, though. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to think that hair was dyed jet black. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, ironically, uh, a fairly prominent nose. <laughs> Mortar cut off. <laughs> yes. Well, big noses do seem to run in the family, don't they? Yeah. Uh, apart from that, I mean, I, I can't give him any different points than I gave his brother. They, they're much of a muchness. Yeah, but his brother, we think, may have had sideburns. That's true, but he has the better haircut, so... Oh, that's true. I'm, I'm going to match it. I'm going to go for five. Yeah, OK. Five. 2.5. He will be very thankful of those points. Yes. Oh, thank goodness, I grew my hair. <laughs> got something. Last round. Temple I'll hazard a guess. Well, his brother would have been at least... Well, it would have been at least three months. Five months? Four or five months? Six months. Ooh. Yeah, double the time that his brother made, which is perhaps the kindest way of saying it. <laughs> so 0 0.06. 0 0.06 <laughs> is his score, which gives him a grand total of 2.56, which is um, not great. Not brilliant. No, it, it's really not, but I don't think he deserves any more. No. No. But we have to discuss something, don't we? We do. Well, let's, let's get it over with. Yeah. Do they have a certain Jeanne César? First emperor to have his nose cut off. Mm. And go, he's a first at something. It's a no. no. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would be interested to double out with him and Martina, though. For her, that tongue. So she can't speak. He'd have to speak for her. But he can't smell, so she'd have to smell for him. <laughs> it's like, mother, is this cheese off? Ah. Oh. Is that a yes or a no, mother? Ah. <laughs> Literally the world's worst sitcom. I'll be terrible. Ba based on roads. It'd be pitiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's a no. He does not deserve no, Genesis. Not. Uh, so there you go. That is The Brothers Constantine and Heraclonus done. Well, that's fast. Yeah, they're not going to go down in history as, uh, well, anything really, are they? Oh well, uh, don't forget you can download us on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify. And don't forget you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Yes, and before we go, quick update on what's going on with the podcast in terms of scheduling. Because you're off on holiday. You mean scheduling? One or two. Yeah. yeah, you're off on holiday, aren't you? Yes, I'm flying and I'm convinced I'm going to die. <laughs> so following this episode, there will be a Jamie Memorial episode, just in case. You're not a fan of flying, are you? No, I'm convinced I'm going to die. How long is your flight? 13 hours. Wow. Imagine how many episodes of Totalus Ranking you could cram in. Oh, loads. On yeah. the way back, though, flying from Brisbane back to Singapore, which is eight hours. Yeah. Two-hour layover in Singapore, then another 13 hours back. That's 22 hours of flying in a day. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fun. And you'll be flying the same direction as the sun's travelling. The sun travels. That's how it so works. So they're ahead, yeah. <laughs> so you're. It's always going to be the same time for those twenty-two hours. Well, oh, uh, yeah, because yeah, because we, we we fly on the Sunday at eleven forty, I think the flight is, and then in our time we'll get to Singapore at one in the morning. But actually, it'll be eight in the morning when we get there. So that's gonna be weird. It's a bit weird. In fact, if you're convinced, is which flight are you going to die on? Um, it's the one from um, Manchester to Singapore. Oh, right. So you don't need to worry about the really long flight then. That's okay. 
<laughs> Every cloud. Every cloud. Yeah, that's yes. true. Swings around about. Yeah. That's a good point. And also, by the time you, dear listener, hear this, you'll have already done that flight. So um, if you want to find out whether Jamie made it or not, I'll post an update on Facebook and Twitter for you. you. I could do it on the way back, though. You never know. I'll do an update for that one as well. Anyway, all this is a long-winded way to say that um, you shouldn't notice a difference in the Roman Emperor podcast because these two are going to be released and then we've got a special episode in the next slot due Clodius. Yes, which we've already recorded, but I have not edited yet because, wow, that was about a three and a half hour recording session. Oh, yeah. It's a beast of an episode, but it was a good one, wasn't it? It was interesting. Yeah, it was good. So that will be released, and then we're about to record Constance 2, so then that one will also be released. So you won't notice a difference unless you're a listener to our American President's podcast. That might miss an episode. But what can you do, eh? That's life. Yeah, but if you don't listen to that one, you're not you're not going to care. So anyway, that's uh, roughly what's going to happen in terms of scheduling. Nothing really. I, you no. probably didn't even need to tell anyone this, did I? No. But we got to talk about your plane trip. I'm going to die, Rob. <laughs> you're not going to die. Well, you are, but probably not on the plane trip. You can't guarantee it. It's statistically very unlikely. I get it. My dad works for, worked for Rolls-Royce. He made jet engines. I know the statistics. However... You're going on a, a cruise ship afterwards, aren't you? Yes. Statistically, you're more likely to die on the ship than the plane, surely. Actually, no. Really? Yeah. Cruise ship's the safest way to travel. <laughs> That's why I travel everywhere on a cruise ship. <laughs> Commute every morning is interesting. It's brilliant, all the cocktails. <laughs> Okay. No, I think I think there are fewer. Like the last cruise ship to go was the Costa Concordia, and that was years ago. Oh no, I'm not talking about big disasters. I'm just talking about mysterious deaths that happen on most cruises, where people fall overboard or are just found dead. I've seen Colombo. I know what it's like on a cruise ship. Well, it's okay because Becky suddenly took a massive life insurance out on me just before we're going. So. Oh, right. That's, so she'll be fine if, she's, if anything happens. She's planned ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's reassuring, though. Yes, it's fine. It's good to have a wife like that. It is, yeah. It is. Anyway, we should probably stop waffling on now and uh, say goodbye for the last time. No, it won't be the last time because we're about to record another one. That's right. But if you do die, then the next episode will be released after your death. <gasps> Memorial episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'll still release it. I'll just put some really sad music in the background. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's all right. Anyway... All that needs to be said then is going to die. Goodbye. Welcome back to the Heraclitus and Martina sitcom. Martina, are you trying to stage a coup? I'm not staging something like a... a moo. That's it. Guards. Guards. Ah, here they are. Private parts. Arrest this woman. Private parts? More like private shorts. That's enough of your witticisms. You're too clever for your own good. Anyway, I sentence you to have your tongue cut out. Serves me around for all the tongue lashing I gave you. 
It certainly does, Martina. As for you, young man. Yes? Your nose will be cut off. But how am I going to smell? <laughs> Don't be stupid, young man. The olfactory section of your brain will still function perfectly well. You'll, you'll still be able to smell, just be hideously disfigured. <laughs> That's true. He knows nothing. And remember, no more cooing for you two. 